welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool, as well as its founder and CEO. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges. And I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. Some of the best resources we have, of course, are our partners. And today we are highlighting one of our partners, um, Home Life Academy, and their partner organization, um, as well, which you're going to learn a lot about, called the Homeschool Care Foundation. And so today I have um, Trudy um, Abel and Phyllis Laro with me, and um, I'm just excited for you ladies to share. We we had a pre-interview interview, and um, we could have filled a whole hour just talking with the stuff we were going to talk about. <laughs> um, and so I'm excited to have you with us. Thank you for taking time out of your your busy schedules, grandma schedules, um, to to make time to um, to pour into our audience. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. And this month we've been talking about homeschooling just when you're out in different places. And so this is going to be going to be a really good wrap up um, broadcast podcast because these ladies have a lot of experience and um, they're going to share with you maybe some of the places that you have hesitations about doing this and where they've homeschooled out and about how they've done it and kind of some tips and hints um, and some some wisdom, I guess, um, from from their homeschooling years. And so I'm excited for you ladies to share and just encourage our audience in this area because there's so much to learn outside of books. And um, and I know you're going to be blessed by by the time that um, these ladies share. So I would just love as as we're kind of getting started for both of you to tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey and briefly how your family incorporated learning out and about in your schedules. We'd like to start. All right. I have two sons, uh, Josh and Jake, and around second grade, my oldest son, Josh, as a special special education teacher, that was my background. Mm -hmm. uh, I realized right off the bat he had dyslexia. Um, sort of a mild case, but he was, mm -hmm. his numbers were backwards and upside down and his letters and he was having trouble with phonics. And so I just took him out of school mm. and um, I took his brother out too, so that he wouldn't be by himself so that we could yeah. homeschool. And based on the research, just, I knew it was important to teach them using all kinds of experiences and all senses, right. multi-sensory kind of instruction and very active, hands-on, engaged mm -hmm. boys. So they needed a lot of, <laughs> exactly. a lot of activity to keep them engaged. So I started homeschooling them and uh, just based on the fact that I needed it to be active mm -hmm. and textbooks were very, very much a struggle at that time, mm -hmm. I just went with a thematic approach. So I started, there's a lot of curriculum out there, even mm -hmm. right now that has, that's based around themes. And so a right. theme would be um, multi-age groups. So we could do a couple of ages. So I homeschooled my two sons were just a year apart and their cousin, Crystal. Oh. And that way we had um, a nice little group to do fun mm -hmm. things with. So when you're right. building volcanoes, it's more fun if you've got three kids <laughs> than just one or two. Right. And so the thematic unit was multi-age and multi-sensory, mm. and that's how we got started. That's awesome. Well, I um, I started, I've got 
I've got three kids. My oldest two were boys. They were 13 months apart, so we've got a lot in common mm. with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and they went on in tradi- into traditional public school. We were big believers in public school. My husband and I were both products of public school. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also had a baby girl that um, had come along when the oldest one was, I think, in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we um, so we had the three kids. The, t- the two boys, there were things. Uh, I was very, very involved in their in their school setting. And, mm-hmm. you know, I volunteered. I was that mom, the homeroom mom. You know, I was, I was yeah. all that. And uh, I don't know, things, uh, they, they had to change schools at one point. Things start, as they got older, we started noticing some things with the middle child, the second little boy. Um, he was, you know, it was, you know, and the teacher was really pushing the ADD stuff. And mm. he was so smart. He was so outgoing. He mm-hmm. was, I mean, you know, and, and I thought, I, you know, I don't know. I just had some reservations about some of her suggestions. And mm. we just, we thought it was because of him, really, and some other things that were not related to learning uh, styles and stuff. I just kind of yeah. thought... Oh, we're going to pull out and I'm going to have some geniuses on my hands. You know, <laughs> it's going to all be easy because I know what I'm doing. I researched and we pulled out around Thanksgiving of mm-hmm. their second, third grade year. And uh, it didn't take me long to go, oh, there's something going on. <laughs> These are some smart kiddos. But right. uh, I had I had this one of the well-known boxed, you know, very structured curriculum with the workbooks and the charts oh. and the desks. I had my schoolroom all set up and I had these two boys that would do anything to avoid a worksheet. Right. And an 18-month-old that's, you know, banging on the chalkboard as uh-huh. she's doing it. And I, I, it was, it was a disaster. Mm. And so anyway, I, God sent a, a homeschool mom my way, mm. a veteran mom with a whole bunch of kids who just talked to me one day. Cause I was literally, I was calling the private school down the road. Going, mm. I don't care how much money it costs. We're going to put them in. <laughs> and she just talked me back from that ledge and really mm. first one to kind of give me permission to, I had read all about de-schooling. I understood that, but putting it into practice is really hard. Mm. And to have somebody that's, you know, experienced some success, right. kind of telling you, giving you permission mm-hmm. to do it. And she said, mm-hmm. Hun, you shouldn't, you know, you, no, 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 no. Put those books aside. <laughs> you guys have to, have to figure out how to be together. Yeah. And I just felt like I could start breathing again during mm. our conversation. It was, um, it was wonderful. And, and right. so I um, started, you know, learning about unit studies and mm-hmm. we did five in a row and absolutely loved that sort of thing. Uh, and so anyway, learning more about how they learned, I had one with auditory perception issues. Mm-hmm. The other one was more like dyslexia and ADHD. And he later tested out to, for, for some of those things. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so then the baby girl had her own little challenges, but she just learned right along with them. Right. And uh, anyway, we, they all compensated very well. We, we didn't mm-hmm. do remediation at all, mm-hmm. um, but I learned that they, needed I needed to get learning in the back through the back door with them most of the time that's a great way to describe that (laughs) we would do our our things that you know we but we I learned how to use a part of my brain that had been lying dormant I think Mm. for a long time because it it was that left side you know that left side is the side that I used you know I was the list maker the Mm -hmm. I had to learn to use the creative side when it came to their learning Mm -hmm. and 
it just, you know, half the time they didn't know they were learning. And so anyway, we started in second and third grade. Both the boys graduated from home life. Uh, baby girl ended up going a couple of years to a private high school. But then she came back to home to finish out. We so we about seventeen years of homeschooling for me, mm. and um, and it was very successful. The boys are now I think they're thirty three and thirty two, and she's twenty five, and they're mm. all you know doing great. Boys went to the military. She, none of them mm. went to college. I'm a college mm. grad. My husband too. Uh, mm. they, none of them wanted to go. The boys went military. She went you know, dental assistant and now she's a stay-at-home mom. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, we just had to be open to mm-hmm. what was right for them. And yeah. um, even though the structured methods worked for me and I love right. it, <laughs> for them, we had to go back to the drawing board. And so mm-hmm. I got a lot of experience. I didn't, sometimes I didn't feel good about the, it's like when you're, when you're wired the way I was, I, mm. you know, you're not doing it in this structured orderly way. You, you feel like you're, you're somehow not getting things done, but I really learned through experience and through, uh, we did five in a row. I did five in a row with my little girl for her first almost a year. And I started getting nervous about it and uh, started thinking, I, I need to go to something structured. Got a structured curriculum, looked at the scope and sequence. We had already covered everything yeah. that was in there. <laughs> it's amazing, just, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. our story. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you, I mean, you both really approached it with a little bit of structure, but also mm-hmm. not so much, you know, structure that it turned your kids off from the the excitement of learning and you know i i hear my story within your story that's kind of how we started too it was a disaster in the the public well private school for us and um it was a forced situation and we did go to more of the thematic unit type studies because it allowed my kids to learn without knowing they were learning and yes. it was very successful <laughs> on both yeah, parts. When you, do, when you can do them all together, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of their age, you know, that's always real helpful. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 So I see we have some viewers popping on. Just know that you can be part of our conversation. This is why we are live. And so um, if you just want to say where you're watching from, I know some of you just turn us on and and, and watch from afar while you're get, feeding your kids lunch and other things. So don't feel like you're pressured to have to say anything. But if you have a question, want to be part of, part of the conversation, we would love for you to do that. So um, otherwise, we got questions we can chat about, too. And we're happy that you're, you're just along for the ride with us, too. Um, so I know um, there's pretty much two ways to approach homeschooling out and about by planning an activity and by spontaneously learning just by embracing what's there in front of you. Um, so let's start the conversation by talking a little bit about what's usually easier, and that's the planning one, um, and planning ahead for learning activities. Do um, either of you have any tips on how to make those learning activities most successful um, when families go out for for learning activity and they kind of know this is where we're going, this is what we want to do, this is what we want to get out of it? Yeah, I... I'll start off because um, just because I have that kind of teacher background. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> in this direction is the first thing I would always do is just look up and I've lived in about four different states. So mm-hmm. I just kind of look up the state standards and then you can scroll down like 
in Tennessee, you can go to Tennessee.gov curriculum standards. Mm -hmm. And then you can find like in third grade, fourth grade, what are the like broad topics that Mm. they're going to be learning? So I just checked today, just this Mm. morning before we got on and in Tennessee in third grade and fourth grade, they do um, biology and animal science and ecosystems. So that's a broad topic, but that's science. Mm -hmm. And so if you know that and say so you have a third, fourth, and fifth grader, or whatever you you know, pick, kind of pick around that age age range. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I did with my children when I was mm. in elementary school, and then I just think animal science. I just think on it. I think ecosystems. Right. So you just mm-hmm. when you're in the grocery store, where wherever you are, whatever running errands, you just pick up this and find these things. And so even scrolling through the TV, I would find documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, Bookstores, I would find books. Right, yeah. The library, check out a whole stack of them. And so you just mm-hmm. kind of get that on your mind. Yeah. So that like Phyllis and I've talked about a lot, you know, just playing. Mm-hmm. And so you don't say, okay, this, you know, today we're going to learn animal science for your school curriculum. It's just like, hey, right. let's <laughs> see if we can find some animal tracks. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a plan, but the children don't have to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to know it. Yes, <laughs> that's a good school. point. <laughs> so I found that to be really successful because um, they knew when we sat down and did a math workbook that we were doing school but mm-hmm. otherwise you know they really didn't know they were doing school mm-hmm. so literature <laughs> language arts science history social studies geography all that was just playing and exploring mm. and it was just fun so in my mind if I knew sort of the overall standard mm-hmm. and I don't mean breaking them down by the 100 standards in science but if I knew right. the topic mm-hmm. for the year then I could cover that topic and and I'll just say this. This is not a very um, a chancy thing to say. Be <laughs> brave. We say that a lot. We say a lot of those things on this show. I just had a guest of a couple months ago that said we didn't need a transcript. So, <laughs> so go for it. I've public school, private school, and homeschooling. And I will tell you that for you moms out there, if you're homeschooling, and you are doing, giving it your best, and you're inundating your children with all kinds of learning experiences, if you don't even have a curriculum, but they're reading, and you're reading mm-hmm. to them, and you're just constantly learning together, they're going to learn twice as much as they would if they're in a classroom, mm-hmm. especially a public school classroom, sitting there, memorizing facts, taking the test, and then after they take the test, they've forgotten it. Because these learning experiences that are integrated with life yeah. and they're meaningful, mm-hmm. they remember them and they connect. They do. Yeah. And so I can talk to my adult sons and they can still remember the, the things that we did. Exactly. Um, you know, during during those experiences. Mm-hmm. I have a, one little story. Sure. Doing animal science, that was in third and fourth grade. So I had two third graders and one fourth grader because I had my niece. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the national park, DeSoto um, National Park. Mm. And so as part of the planning, I had a couple of books like Peterson Field Guides on animals, yeah. animal tracks, what are the mm-hmm. signs of animals. I also had some children's little biology coloring books. And so we took that. So to prepare and to plan, everybody had a backpack. We always took snacks, water. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had their colored pencils and a sketchbook and a journal. So we took all that stuff and they just grab your backpack. Let's go. We're going to go to the 
the national park. Mm-hmm. So that, again, uh, I'm not saying we're going to go do science. Right. So we've been looking for hair, like on wire fences and mm-hmm. tracks, animal tracks. We could draw yeah. and animal dung. I mm-hmm. have different signs. And so my my older son, who was the know-it-all, little country boy, thought he knew everything. He said, <laughs> wow, uh, I think I found some really cool rock and his, his cousin, who was a little girl, lived in the city, said, that's not rock, rocks. And she had her guide out. That looked like beaver dung. Yeah. And, it is not. I would know if that was beaver dung. It is not. I'll prove it. And I'm going, wait. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it is beaver dung. Oh, no. <laughs> storytelling oh. time when I sat down and wrote, and wrote their story about day and, oh. and then we go back and I kind of look at grammar and spelling and we pick that out to try uh-huh. to use that as a language arts lesson and so they didn't that it was fun and it's a memory that they will have forever but it was right. so many different objectives and standards were covered mm-hmm. while we were in the national forest oh so, yeah yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I never once pulled up the state standards. I, I, I don't want to see it. I do not want to see it. It just made me, I don't know. It just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, so I didn't look at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I, I wanted us to be, I mean, for the first few years, I was definitely, well, if we go back into school, I want them to be able to get right in there, you know, and mm-hmm. but the more I, I constantly was working on my philosophy, I was listening to others that were sort of along the same mindset as I was, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of support through five in a row was a lifesaver for me because back mm-hmm. then I didn't know where the homeschoolers were and I knew they were out there, but I didn't know where they were really. Right. And, um, I didn't know anybody else that had kids quite like mine, you know, mm-hmm. their kids so studious and all of this. And I'm like, I got a bunch of <laughs> So I, I was just like, I wouldn't even share, you know, what life was really like at my house. Uh-huh. And, uh, but the, the five, five in a row uh, folks had a couple of message boards mm-hmm. where the topics were always about natural learning and gentle mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. of course, unit studies and how right. to make a unit study out of anything basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I got a lot of support through that and I just learned to not worry about it. Yeah. Um, I knew that I, I love, I always loved having like some life packs, Alpha Omega life packs on hand, mm-hmm. just, just for those times that I would hit, I would hit times when I would think, oh my goodness, even me as mom, I'm like, I don't know what, kind, what, what I just didn't feel like we were doing enough. Mm-hmm. So I would pull out That's the so life for a couple yep. of weeks, you know, and then I would go, you know, I think after a couple of weeks of, you know, trying to focus on the work, I would go, I think we're kind of fine. Let's put those yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> they were my, kind of my safety net for my little orderly brain. Um, right. I just really learned, I, I, I really grasped onto unschooling um, mm. and the philosophies there and how you can take any activity. I mean, I tell people mm. all the time, you tell me any like wholesome family activity that you're doing, I can pretty much give you educational categories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as a counselor, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of what I do a lot of times is help families that think they're not 
doing anything help them realize they are and how to put yeah. that into a, a you know a formal grade reporting program mm-hmm. but um you know we so we just we ran the gamut and a lot of times uh, uh, you know if we had a field trip that we could do that's what we did mm-hmm. and Sometimes I would know ahead of time and I could do a little prep. Um, sometimes I didn't. Right. And we would go with it and then we might do some follow up. You know, I loved lap books. They didn't so much love them, but I did. And I would do, you know, I would just kind of lead them in doing some. And, mm-hmm. and now I still have some of their lap books. And it's the oh, neatest thing. That's cool. You know, yes. that and so it's just seeing the things that they would learn you know, just by doing, cause I had mm-hmm. some extremely hands-on kids and, um, you know, with the wide age group, uh, those hands-on activities, they translate down to all of the ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, it, uh, like I, we would go to the grocery store and when you have three kids that you're taking to the grocery store and they're like age nine and on that, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you better have something kind of in, yes, exactly. in, in your little bag or or there's going to be fights in the aisles and no, no telling what. And so I used, uh, you know, I had a little book that I used a lot and it was Grocery Cart Math. That's one of the resources oh, that we okay. uh, share. It's called Grocery Cart Math. And it's got a lot of different levels of just things that you can do at cool. the grocery store. And so it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, let's when the boys got big enough where I could kind of give them their own list. Oh yeah. You can just, there are always ways you can build on it just to give them something to focus on. So you can go to the grocery store right? and, yes. and it's all beneficial. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, well, and if we would wake up and it'd be a nice pretty day outside, I would go, guys, we're going to the zoo. We would drive to Memphis and go to the zoo. It's a good mm-hmm. 70, 70 miles away. And we would we would pack up the cooler and we mm-hmm. would get to the zoo. And I had this um, resource called. I, we didn't have to have any. I, you know, you don't have to have a worksheet for everything. Right. But we would take our sketchbooks and we we were there enough that we would tend to pick a different. You know, it's like today. Let's hang out in front of the seals and let's just mm-hmm. watch them for mm-hmm. as long as we want to, or right. the bears. You know, whatever we kind of want to sit and just watch for a longer period of time. And we would take our sketchbooks, and I would take this. Uh, Considering God's creation is got mm-hmm. is full of reproducibles mm-hmm. that you can pull out, and it's for animals. And um, yeah. it was something that we used a lot. It would ask you where is this you know animal from, and so there was mm-hmm. some geography involved, and it was what do they eat, and what classification are they, and you can do as much or as little of that as as you want to. Uh, but it was really something that gave us a little bit of focus, you know, um, and I was, you know, my kids often wouldn't think of their activities as school, but Mm -hmm. because they had come out of public school and sometimes they would say, I miss my friends, you know, Mm -hmm. I would often tell them, hey, y'all know that what we're doing right now is school, right? I mean, your your (laughs) friends back at school, you know what they're doing? They're They're sitting at their desk right now. Look what you're doing. You know, so I would always remind them, listen, y'all, this fun stuff we're doing right now, this is school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah. you know, yeah. we just, anytime we had an opportunity to get out and go, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I helped start a, a homeschool group in the area and we would, you know, people would say, um, we're wanting to do a park day or wanting to do this and that. And I finally had to say, look, I, we, we were going 
every day mm-hmm. online, somewhere mm-hmm. doing something. And I finally said, if somebody would like to do an English class, we would be there. <laughs> we are have, I felt bad calling it homeschooling sometimes mm-hmm. because we were never home. We were just doing <laughs> all good stuff. It was, it, you know, it's all right. family, yeah. you know, building your family, bonding things. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, it was so, you know, the, the planning for me was, um, if I, if we were reading about something that they kind of enjoyed, then I might try to plan a field trip or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was more about journaling on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what kind of helped me feel a little bit better. It started giving me something I could actually look and go, okay, we really have been doing school, <laughs> you know, and, uh, because I would, I could, just make my little list of things we had done and kind of the educational Mm -hmm. categories those things fell into so for me it was kind of a flip right of what Trudy was doing where she's Mm -hmm. looking at the categories and then doing the activities where you're doing the activities and then making the categories out of what you did yeah yeah still documenting yeah but still doing facts to the before the the facts and I have actually suggested that to several parents because they'll say well, we're doing speech therapy and occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. And we're doing all these things, but I can't seem to get school in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, wait a minute. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In occupational therapy, if right. they're working on pencil grip and writing, mm-hmm. then that's your writing class. That's right. Speech exactly. Therapy, they're working exactly. on phonics and yeah. letters. Well, yeah. that's your reading yeah. class, you know. So, so they yeah. oh, well, that, right. that takes the pressure yeah. off. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. It's just how you approach it there's you know no either way is is better sometimes necessity forces that but then it's also your teaching style which the two of you show can work perfectly well either way Um, and I love that Um, so Trudy and Phyllis are going to share a bunch of resources because Phyllis tapped into some of those and I will have that list on our YouTube channel um, later after we're, we're done with the program. And I also wanted to say hi to, um, Harbor who is watching from, um, from Hawaii and she's watching on Facebook right now. So, um, Phyllis, I didn't Trudy, I, I know Phyllis, you mentioned this and it may be something my viewers are not even familiar with, but can you talk about lap books and what actually they are? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, lap books are just kind of a fun way. It's a, it's like a craft. If you're very crafty, you might really enjoy lap books. So we mm-hmm. used these with some of our five-in-a-row books that we did. Um, and so basically, you take like a folder, and there are websites. You can Google yes. this, too, yep. lap mm-hmm. booking. Um, like, for instance, when we did, uh, we did Homer Price. Homer Price was one of the, one of the books from Beyond Five and Row. <laughs> and um, it was a ch- little chapter book. That's when they graduate to chapter books. And mm-hmm. Homer Price, there are different, you know, different kind of adventures for each chapter. And so what you do is you, you make your little cover and it's just an overall thing about Homer Price. But then, like, the different things you learn about, you make a little mini um, you just put something in there, um, mm. like oh, just like when you learn about. Um, well, of course, we did one thing with with uh, Homer Price. Um, learned about melodramas, and we actually made a melodrama. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. It started a whole video uh, passion <laughs> for my boys. Oh wow. <laughs> great or something like that it was hilarious it was mm-hmm. hilarious and um but anyway that one didn't go in the lap book but some of the different things i can't remember now what some of the concepts were that we learned about but for each one 
you do a little, it's like you just make something and it goes mm-hmm. inside the lap book. And so then when you open up your lap book later, you see all these things mm, that they very visual. About. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. very visual. And um and so and tactile too, right? It's a record, you know, of what <laughs> what you've done. And um for me, I absolutely love having something that shows, mm-hmm. you know, something to show for what we did. It's it's not required that you, right. should, you know my kids could have cared less really about doing that book, but I enjoy <laughs> them. Uh, you know, it's not required, you know, but mm. if you, it's a fun way it's, to do, you know. It's a creative way. It's a creative way. way to yes. document what they're doing. And I've got, right. you know, my daughter, we did Madeline. That was another five-year-old oh, yeah. book. Uh-huh. still got that lap book somewhere. She was just kindergarten. Mm. But, you know, you learned about the Eiffel Tower. And so you do a little picture of the Eiffel Tower and you right. open it up. It says Eiffel Tower is in Paris, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just little facts. And, um, yeah. you know, I think we might have done that for ping the story of ping too i can't remember mm, the yangtze mm-hmm. river so you put a little yeah. map where's the yangtze river and that's one of your little mini sections but it's it's just a fun way to kind of pull it together right and there's yeah. nothing structured or orderly that ha- as you as you learn about these different things you mm-hmm. you know there's no real plan right it's yeah. just you kind of just do it as you come to it and that's what i love about timelines too honestly mm-hmm. for history um a lot of subjects and you <laughs> pull me if i get off into no, no. The, yeah oh, no, this, is, this is really good i love a documents. lot of subjects are don't have to be done in an order <laughs> right yes Math needs to be done in a particular right. order right if you're mm-hmm. learning to read, that probably needs to be done in, in a particular order. Um, but science does not have to be done in a right. particular history. Geography. does not either. Geography, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be done in a particular order. So if you if you will use maps and timelines mm-hmm. um, and just like ongoing, like for, yeah. for all of, you know, as long as you can get it to last, have a <laughs> timeline notebook, you know, and mm-hmm. it wears out, you know, you, Every time you come across, like when we would read and we would come across uh, somebody who actually did exist, mm-hmm. sometimes even the even the made up characters, if we knew mm-hmm. kind of what time, uh, you know, what time frame they lived in, we would put them uh-huh. on the timeline. And then as as you come to other historical things mm-hmm. that happen and you put them on your timeline, you start to pull together. Hey, right. You create those this happened, this connections. Mm-hmm. Lots of connections. Connections is the key yes. to, to this. Yes. Connections is absolutely doing these experiences. Trudy and I talked mm-hmm. about this recently. Having these experiences experiences is what we hang new information on it's like so true Mm -hmm. and we hang that new information on it if you don't have much experience it's sometimes kids have trouble finding a hook to hang their new information on and it's just learning isolated bits and pieces Mm -hmm. of information where exactly that's why we forget them so easily too yeah Mm -hmm. right and that's the same with vocabulary you can increase your vocabulary when it's connected to something yeah every every all those connections and um integrated i mean what we're talking about is integrated studies Mm -hmm. and so so that's why you can teach science to a third fourth and fifth grader the same subject because there is no order and then the next year you can you know flip it and go look at a different grade level but that's why Mm -hmm. you do Mm -hmm. mostly age teaching with a variety of subjects so and then it it makes sense yeah it does does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one of the 
Again, if, for interjecting. Yeah, too much. Oh, yeah, no, go, go for it. Doing planning. Um, I also taught, um, after my children, I taught my niece who has also severe dyslexia and mm. her friend, my neighbor, both girls, teenagers, did not like, one of them really just struggled to read and was very much against it. The other one didn't like to read, had poor comprehension. Mm. So that's in high school. So we're doing state history. We lived in Mississippi. So we're doing mm. Mississippi history. So I thought, okay, how, how can I get these girls to read and to, to want to learn? You know, you just right. sit down and go, yeah, yeah. Ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read it all to them. So we decided to go take a trip down mm-hmm. Highway 61, which is the Delta in Mississippi. It goes from the okay. Mississippi all the way down Mississippi River. Mm. And I, so I, this is the kind of things I would do. I'd stop at a local bookstore and see about local authors. Mm. Um, I'd stop at a local music store and see like who are the musicians in this area. Right. Um, who are the actors and actresses that came from Mississippi. And so I got them hooked in with the arts and things where they learned history and literature Mm -hmm. accidentally because (laughs) teenagers were all about the arts. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we did is to get them to read. And I don't, I'm not uh, a proponent of ghost stories, but the teenage girls, that was kind of intriguing to them. So we stopped at a local bookstore and got some ghost story, a book on ghost stories. And I actually got the map out. And so they had to learn mm-hmm. mapping skills. And mm-hmm. uh, so they figured out how to find the directions to get to this cemetery where this author mm-hmm. was buried. So we went wow. to the cemetery. And so while they're sitting there in the cemetery in the middle of the day, I'm the shade trees, it's real quiet. Um, I was reading the ghost story to them. Oh, <laughs> there was nobody in the cemetery except I saw the um, the landscape guy mm-hmm. up behind him, <laughs> <laughs> and they screamed. to go to some more like we went to ground zero where morgan freeman has his Mm. restaurant and the delta museum to see uh, where some of these blues musicians got started but anyway my niece with severe dyslexia that hated the thought of reading Mm. started reading the ghost stories to us they were just little short stories Uh and Mm -hmm. and then her friend when she would come across a word that she couldn't read, she'd say, what is this, Alex? And Alex would tell her, and she would keep reading. So I was just stunned at how mm, the reading right. sort of naturally happened because I got him intrigued and interested. Mm-hmm. And so we would stop at, we would, we would head to town, and we might go to the Internet Cafe and do some research about that town. We would go to mm-hmm. sit and ask for brochures and flyers. Yeah. We would just research as we went. And it was mm. a way to engage them like I said, in history, literature, mm-hmm. and arts, w- without them realizing we were having school. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. doing it in order, yeah. if you're just kind of, you know, marking things on the map, putting things on the mm-hmm. top of the map, you know, you're learning about uh, literary devices, you know, mm-hmm. you're learning about just different things, you're being exposed to this great all this nice reading and stuff right just it all it does provide those connections so that later on if they are doing a formal study in college or somewhere else they remember they've got all these experiences Mm -hmm. so hard to find places to hang that new information exactly Um, 
Well, and I have to say, yeah. too, the mom, the teacher needs to be having fun. Definitely. Yes. If That's part of self-care. Fun. We got to, we, we can't forget about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, if it's fun to us, then it's fun to the kids yeah. and they get excited mm-hmm. and motivated. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, so then it just, it, it takes a lot of that stress that I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents feel that stress and that burden of trying to educate mm-hmm. their children. And if they can just enjoy it and realize that the, the kids are learning so much more than they would be sitting in a desk, in yes. a school, then I think they can relax and just get out and have a good time with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah, there is a good, uh, I've, I've got a link now. I don't know if I included it or not, but I, I can send it to you if uh, yeah. you forget. It's about children learning through play. Did I put that in there? Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. Um, no. Oh, yeah, it's play. Rethinking how we educate our children. It's, a, it's not a TED talk, but it's similar to to it's a YouTube video. Okay, and she does this whole lecture on play and how educational play yes. is, and mm-hmm. how we try to put it into this category of well, it's just play. Right, um, it's super important. Play mm-hmm. is we all learn through play. Adults yes. learn through play, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so we just, I don't know, uh, it's, it's, it's great. And so it, yeah. I, it's in that yeah. uh, information too. Okay. That we that's, that's um, great. Yeah. yeah. So we, we kind of touched a little bit on the spontaneity part. Is there anything else that you two want to, to add to that? Um, but just being spontaneous while we're out and about. Just being willing, willing mm. to, and not feeling like it's an interruption. Mm. Don't feel like it's an interruption. Yeah. It's a very important part of, you know, um, teaching your kids and or allowing them to learn. You're not so much teaching them. You're allowing them to learn because let's face it, at the end of the day, we all say this and, and we mean it. it. It's not about teaching the facts. We can't teach all the facts. It's mm. not possible. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about creating kids who are lifetime learners Yes. And when it's torture, you're not, they're not going to do it. You know, they need right. to realize exactly. that learning and you know, it doesn't, isn't, you know, contradictory to mm-hmm. enjoying your life. <laughs> you know, yeah. it can yeah. all go together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah. it's also learning to make the most of the moment. Mm-hmm. So something, mm-hmm. a current event happens. Yes. Um, Actually, yeah. in teacher education, they teach teachers to do this, but they rarely hmm. do it. Do they do it, it, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the moment, whatever happens in the moment. And so there are mm-hmm. going to be good days and bad days. And so they're going to yeah. be, what if you, you know, what, I, I don't know. Like, I remember the, Af- the war in Afghanistan, not Afghanistan, Kuwait. Mm. Kuwait. Okay, so that was on the morning news. And so whatever I had planned sort of for that day, we stopped everything. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm is Kuwait and we get you know mm-hmm. start looking at what kind of government do they have and why do they mm-hmm. have why having a war over there and right all the the learning that can go centered around that mm-hmm. and so I think that's also very important in being spontaneous so you have a plan but you don't always stick to your plan mm-hmm. and you should be right. able to plan a and a plan b and a plan c mm-hmm. and so whatever happens in the moment in that day that it take take advantage of that it kind of helps them yeah. learn priorities too you know yes. oh I yes reinforce mm-hmm. priorities mm-hmm. with them and that's so important to do mm-hmm. so yeah allow yeah. yourself to be spontaneous you know mm-hmm. just allow it. that's what i would encourage families mm-hmm. right yeah we have a viewer that 
said a lot of homeschool parents consider themselves learning partners. Many modern yes. curriculums use that term. And I think that's what you guys are really talking about is Absolutely. when you do bring those things up, we don't know it either. And so yeah. we're learning along with our kids and, and it just improves us. It improves our children. And it's like you said, it, it takes advantage of those learning opportunities right in front of us. Well, for example, I've lived in Mississippi my entire life, and I did not know that we had such an enormous amount of famous people from our Mm. state, Mm -hmm. artists, Mm. authors, poets, actresses, you know, I had no idea. I mean, I've heard Elvis and Oprah, but (laughs) and so that, yes, I was a learning partner. I was learning Mm. just as much as the girls were, and it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We did a little house on the prairie tour because we lived oh, up yeah. in Minnesota. Oh, so we followed the, the path that the family, you know, took when mm-hmm. Laura was writing her stories and then stayed, oh, you know, in the areas where their houses were actually walked where the dugout was. Oh, my goodness. I was like, wow. I lived in the winter in Minnesota. And then I thought there was no way I would survive in that space because it was so small. <laughs> but yes, you know, you, you, you totally understand the, the context when you experience right. it and you're there. Mm-hmm. And that, again, it's those, those things that your kids will never forget. And you too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, we probably got a lot of parents that um, are fearful <laughs> in teaching this way because they're going to say, well, my child's going to have learning gaps. How do we, you know, handle that if we don't always use a textbook or a workbook or a specifically designed curriculum, especially for a struggling student? Yeah. You know, learning gaps are a real thing. But they're everywhere, you know. I mean, if you use a box curriculum or public schools, for instance, let's take mm-hmm. public schools. They, they, if they have a, you know, certain curriculum that they use, and at some point they make a change or mm-hmm. something gets updated or whatever, there's going to be a learning gap. Yeah. Uh, if if there's if a child moves and has to change schools, there's going right. to be a learning gap. Learning mm-hmm. gaps are real, but the key is not to be afraid of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's you know learning gaps are going to take place, but um, you know is the gap in not learning the same number of factoids that the you know that somebody else learned. If that's the worry, then I wouldn't worry about that at mm-hmm. all. You know. But, you know, as they learn the factoids, they're going to forget the factoids, you know, Um, you know, it just uh, knowing where to go and find answers is 10 times more important Mm -hmm. than, you know, having taken, memorized all the same lists and all the same dates and names Mm -hmm. uh, as, you know, counterparts and things like that. Um, And so I think, you know, I hate, I hate, I, 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 I hate, families to kind of feel that way. I know that that Mm -hmm. is a real struggle. Um, it just, my encouragement usually to families is just, um, you know, gaps are going to be there no matter what. And so if it's okay for it to happen in the public school system, Mm -hmm. then it's okay for it to happen with you. And yeah, well, I will tell you when I started out, it's kind of like what Dillis was talking about alluding to earlier. When I started out homeschooling, um, I had that same fear. Hmm. Because what if I need to put them back in school and they're going to be a year behind or they're not going right. to know what other kids know. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
I was real rigid at first. Like I was doing my Saxon math and we did X number of minutes a day, whatever. <laughs> we finished by Christmas. And I thought, oh, I've done Oh, wow. <laughs> finished by Christmas. What did I do wrong? So I bought a different math curriculum of the same oh. grade <laughs> and made him do that. Oh, it was four kids. kids. testing through the little umbrella school and um she was like oh i'm just she was just nervous to death oh, i found out her kids scored better on their science that's what i'm that year about than ever yeah. i mean <laughs> okay that put that fear to rest yes, you yes. know right all they had done was magic yeah magic so sometimes school. you mm-hmm. do have to do that yes. just to get it in your mind yes. okay. exactly that's okay. that's a good point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and really they're they're rather inexpensive and it'll teach your kids how to take tests but, you know, yeah. <laughs> and there are some states that it, it is required. And I mean, yeah. we lived in a state yeah. that it was required. And I was never surprised by what my kids got on their tests because yeah. right. I already knew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it, it, it yeah. helps you get over those fears the first mm-hmm. couple of times. And, and then if you're homeschooling, it really doesn't matter if you're keeping up with everybody else. It really doesn't yeah. matter if they're on a certain grade level in every subject, the same mm-hmm. grade level. It, none of that stuff. I mean, the end goal is to make them functional, healthy, productive adults. And so uh-huh. if it takes less years, mm-hmm. more years. And look, here's something matter. Here's something that I say a lot to parents. I, I work mainly with high school families at this point. Mm-hmm. With struggling learners or students on the modified path or certificate of completion path. That's our, our non-diploma mm-hmm. uh, path. And sometimes they're really concerned about, um, well, if I gear our schooling toward what he needs now you know he might not be ready you know he might not be able to do some of the things I want him to do later mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is what he needs today is what he needs today exactly and yes. so I always mm-hmm. encourage them you know what you got to deal with the child that is in front of you right mm-hmm. now and so yes. when you do that 
you just have to trust then, you know, there is a little bit of trust that's involved in this. It is a leap of faith. It is a walk of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, you know, we don't have all the answers. I I felt very, um, I felt a kinship to Abraham, honestly, when when I was homeschooling, I didn't know how it was going to end. I didn't know, I didn't know how it was going to go. I just knew that I, that I knew God had put us on this path. I I felt that Mm. it was what we were supposed to be doing. And so we just kept moving forward in faith. And there were times Mm. I thought, uh, there were times I thought this is the greatest thing ever. You know, mm-hmm. this is, look at my children. They are, they're going out to check the mail together. Look at those two boys. <laughs> are, look at them. And then in two minutes later, when they right. were in fisticuffs on the lawn, I was like, what am I doing? You know, but you just, you deal with, you deal with the situation you have you know, if you need to inspire a love of learning in your student, this is really just the best way. Yes. And the rest will fall into place. Mm-hmm. You know, your student has, your child has been gifted with the things that God feels like they need. Exactly. He always provides. It's always there. Provides. It, and it's, it's yeah, it goes back to what you guys were talking about before is being in the moment. I mean, we, we can actually detract that by our plans versus taking advantage of what we have in front of us. So important. Okay. So one other hard question. Um, What about parents who have to have grades and report cards and transcripts? How can they do this type of learning and still fulfill those requirements? You know, our if you're enrolled with Home Life Academy, we require that you put your courses into our grade reporting system, and we, you know, re- require grade reporting, and and you know, and then in high school, it's credits and all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I help families every day. We have a couple of us counselors who help families every day who are doing this non-structured, non-traditional type of schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, figure out titles course titles in the different Uh categories and how to apply credits to that. If they're not in high school, credits aren't a a worry. Mm -hmm. You would just, you know, it's like, honestly, you know, no matter, no matter what somebody's doing, the type of things that, that Trudy was talking about that where they go out and they, they're um, taking their animal track books and they're, Mm -hmm. that's nature science, you know, nature science, that's a, that's a science. Um, Just, you know, we, it, there are the unschooling handbook is one of the best resources mm. for kind of figuring out how to. It's one of the things I latched onto very early on, and mm. I recommend it all the time. And it's on the list. Um, awesome, but it helps you. It helps you figure out how to take these experiences and put it into educational speak. Edu- mm-hmm. Education ease, I yes. think that's what they call it. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a once you kind of get your brain wired to doing that, right? Yeah. And then you give grades based on, um, you know, for me and my world, A means excellent. This is the old timey, this mm-hmm. is the old timey grading scale. Mm-hmm. B is above average, C is average, average. and B is below average. Um, and and so that's how I would give grades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great based on, and it depends on what what I want to measure. What is it that I want to measure? Um, right. to, you know, and so for me, it was rarely about measuring the facts. It was about 
you know, um, other things, lots of other things. But mm-hmm. sometimes it would be the facts. It would, you know, how interested are you? How much effort are you putting in? Right. That sort of yep. thing. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there are definitely ways to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're available to help with stuff like that. Yeah. You know? So I've got the website up for Home Life Academy. Can you talk a little bit about what um, Home Life Academy provides um, to, to homeschool um, families? Yeah. Home and then, Life Trudy, I'll have you go into... Mm-hmm. Um, we provide we provide of course record keeping uh in some states we are a, a legal covering you know for homeschoolers like mm-hmm. in tennessee where we're located one of the legal options for homeschooling in the state of tennessee is you can either enroll as an independent homeschooler with your local school board or you can use a, a church related school like we are mm-hmm. um, and and so we are a legal option so most families mm-hmm. are either Enroll with the school board, they're going to roll with a school like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can provide that legal covering. And we do that in Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, South Carolina, Colorado. Colorado. Okay, so we have five states where we are legal coverings. Mm-hmm. But even in the states where we are not, where we're not necessarily considered one of the options, mm-hmm. we still provide the grade reporting, the, the record keeping is phenomenal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the record keeping, we do transcripts. We will do a diploma. Our, mm-hmm. our Life Academy issues a diploma when a student has met all the credit requirements. Our diplomas are accepted at the military academies, at the mm-hmm. you know Ivy League schools, at the you know wherever. Uh, we do wonderful transcripts. They can I think see an example even on our website mm-hmm. of our diploma transcript. Um, just top-notch, but one of the best things that we provide is the counseling services. Right, we, yes. We, our counseling is one of, it's so important, it's foundational mm-hmm. to uh, Home Life Academy. Record-keeping is like one side and counseling is the other, mm-hmm. and it's just so... Uh, it's really good. We we will we like to leave families alone. They can roll with us. We want to. We're not going to bug you to death, mm-hmm. but we want to be here for you if you need us. And so, yeah. whether it's calling in and saying I, my student won't do anything, I don't know, <laughs> or if it's helping you figure out for your high school student what credits do they still need and how mm-hmm. do I go about getting those? And right. we're an unschool family, and how do I mm-hmm. get? you know, how do I get this English credit when we're an unschooled family? And right. so we can help with all of those things. We help our students get their scholarships. Um, you know, we've had some president mm-hmm. scholars. We've had, you know, we've got some really, um, ACT, ACT. we've got an NCAA, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sort of that specializes in helping students stay eligible for NCAA. Okay. Uh, so yeah. they can kind of counseling we've got act mm-hmm. accommodations counselor who helps families that need those special accommodations mm-hmm. for act kind of helps them through the steps okay. of that right. um just right. lots and lots of different things and so there are so many ways that we serve families and that yeah. we can help you even if you're not in a covering state like right we, yeah because it's state. just a helpful service for any homeschooler yeah. even if your state doesn't Very. require that yeah so if you I mean, are interested are, in that yeah check out homelifeacademy.com yeah. Yeah, the website alone is packed full of resources. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't yes. enroll with us, our website is chock full of resources. So, right. yeah, I think I featured you guys on a, a freebies um, 
a log that I put together. I'm like, eh, I found a bonus. <laughs> I was digging through all of our partners' websites, and I was like, oh, I've got to highlight this and this. And yeah, so you guys do have a lot of great resources there. Um, and so, Trudy, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the Homeschool Care Foundation as well. Okay. I'm the uh, special ed consultant, I think is the title. And about the website, I've actually taken each category of um, exceptional needs, learning disabilities, ADHD, mm-hmm. so and tried to fill it with resources and information and um, academic kind of understanding about the disorder. But one of the things right. I do with homeschool care is a foundation. So it's a free service. And so the people that are members of HLA um, get I think three uh, free consultations with mm. me to help them work out things, maybe help them find resources, um, help them figure out how to go about, like like we were talking about earlier, you know, they've got this child with all these experiences and help them make work. So um, I do yeah. that. The other thing for people that are not a part of HLA, they can go on the Homeschool Care Foundation website mm-hmm. and um, put in a request to talk with me and make an appointment and I'll call them and just kind of help them. I, I really consider myself a problem solver. Mm. Find awesome. Most of the time is that parents are already doing intuitively already doing the right things they validated like yes research you know that's what research says you should be doing Mm -hmm. yeah so (laughs) it kind of helps alleviate some of those fears i think that we were talking about earlier yes Um, we also have equipment all kinds Mm. of for, for kids with special needs that's available um for um loan or for free mm. uh, we also have the phyllis Lero foundation the, well, mason, mason lero, mason lero always, memorial scholarship mason lero memorial scholarship yes mm. provides um scholarship kind of funding money for kids military families okay have um a child with a exceptional needs that's medical usually right? well it, we look for the most you know the the, the greatest need mm-hmm. uh, you know the most severely affected um situations to try to help with and, and it used to be only for military families now with its mm-hmm. preference to military families but we're, we actually accept applications for any homeschool family that has a special needs child like us um, mm-hmm. and and so we uh we gave away over four thousand dollars i think last year mm-hmm. and um this is named after my grandson mason yes. he was a miracle boy and he Aww. was with us for four years and uh you know, anyway, it's an inspirational story. His story is there on the website too, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you ladies for both what you do and how you encourage homeschool families and just for what you've shared in this last hour. It has been, um, I, it's been a really good conversation because you, you really, um, I I think put a lot of hope and peace into um, families' hearts um, about this whole homeschooling thing. A lot of times we we can make it so much more work than it is. And you two have um, really shared from your heart and um, your own struggles and just how how relaxed we can be and to just take advantage of what God puts in front of us and around us. And so thank you for um, sharing. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we've enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it's been one great. Of our one of my favorite things yeah. to talk about. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I want to reiterate um, the, the Homeschool Care Foundation. That website is homeschoolcare.org um, if you are interested in checking that out and you're listening to the podcast. And again, I will list um, Trudy and Phyllis's resources on the YouTube channel feed. Um, and they'll also be listed in the podcast description once we get that so um, posted. But um, thank you again, ladies. This was great. Thank you all for who joined us um, on um, this conversation too. We are um, our viewers. We are glad to have you as as part of this um, this discussion. Um, next week we are not going to have a broadcast. It is a holiday week, and I'm actually going to be at a Johnny and Friends camp, <laughs> um, and so there will be no. Um, no broadcast, but the following week we're going to have two. We're going to make up for it. Um, we're going to um, be talking to one um, homeschool mom who has um, she's she's homeschooled through a lot, and we're going to talk about finding your inner teacher as we we kind of wrap up this um, this theme for for this month. We're going to next month. July has always been our SPED Homeschool Awareness Month, where we share community stories. And um, so our first guest is going to talk about finding your inner teacher when homeschool life sends you curveballs. Um, she's had a lot. And um, I just encourage you to join us in for that conversation. And then that Thursday, we're also going to have a parent panel with um, some parents who have um, homeschooled through difficulties. And just again, we're going to be focusing on that finding your inner teacher. Um, and and just that we all have it. It all doesn't look all the same, just as Trudy and Phyllis sitting next to each other. We're so different. Um, you guys really kicked <laughs> off this theme for next month really well. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we um, we're given our children and God makes us the way he does. And it's not surprising to him how we homeschool and teach our kids because that's how he made us. And that's how we made our kids. So um, we just have to embrace it. And so, so thank you for, for sharing again. And thank you all for joining us. Um, and, and just to let you know that this broadcast was sponsored by viewers like you. And if you'd like to make a tax deductible donation to SPED Homeschool, you can visit our website at spedhomeschool.com and click donate. So, um, so thank you all. And thanks again, Trudy and Phyllis. And um, look forward to seeing you all in a couple weeks. Um, until then, happy 4th of July and God bless. Thanks, everybody. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.